you want to get the latest news about our podcast, including upcoming episodes, exclusive content, and live events, visit itsalljournalism.com and follow the link at the top of the page to subscribe to our weekly newsletter. I think that there's a lot of innovation happening on and offline in the ways that we're engaging our communities. And, and this isn't, I think a lot of people think of it as a new thing for the industry, and it's really not. It's just a different expression of what we've always been doing in my mind. We talk a lot about community engagement on this podcast, and with good reason. Today's media is often more about having a conversation than broadcasting the news. I'm Michael O'Connell, and you're listening to It's All Journalism. Welcome to Tell Journalism. I'm Michael O'Connell here with another podcast about digital media. Joining me in studio today is Megan Murphy, the community manager at the Online News Association. Welcome to the podcast, Megan. Thanks so much for having me, Michael. Well, I, I'm glad you came in. I really wanted to talk about some of the stuff that's going on at ONA. So community manager, what what is that? I mean, <laughs> ONA is a pretty big community. What's your role in, in managing that? Yeah, in this case at ONA, one of my major roles is leading the strategy for our local communities, which are self-organized or volunteer-organized groups at the local level that are dedicated to connecting people around digital journalism. And that is a huge role in and of itself. Just It's a, it's a massive uh, program with a ton of different communities involved, and each community is a little bit different. And then I also kind of work with the rest of the staff. We are a small but mighty team of seven people in any way that I can help with community strategy and and just the ways that our community is represented within the organization. So I guess probably I should what I should have started out with is uh, we should probably talk about ONA uh, for those who yeah. might not know what <laughs> ONA is and what its mission is, the Online News Association. Some people might just associate it with, oh, they have this big conference once a year, mm -hmm. but you, you guys do stuff year round. Mm -hmm. So can you sort of talk about what the mission is? Yeah, sure. We are dedicated to helping to support innovation in journalism to better serve the public. And that plays out in a number of different ways and programs. A lot of people do know us for our annual conference. And that is this past year, it was in Washington, D.C. We had 3,000 digital journalists come in and just spend three days talking best practices in digital journalism, what's new, what's the cutting edge. We also have a number of fellowship programs that operate year-round. We have a really wonderful program called the Women's Leadership Accelerator that is dedicated to getting more women into leadership positions in newsrooms. We have a new program called the Journalism Mentorship Collaborative that is dedicated towards supporting newsrooms and developing strong mentorship programs to support diversity in newsrooms. And that is just getting off the ground now. And we're kind of... You know, we've got a number of resources on our website. We're, we're doing things year round. Then we also have, of course, our local programs, which are more than 70 now meetup groups around the world. And those are led at the community level with support from me and the team at headquarters to bring local local groups together to talk about digital journalism more often. So last year we had through those communities, we had 186 meetups all around the world. That's more than twice the number that we had in 2016. So the program is growing really quickly. The local meetup meetups, uh, which is something that you're you're involved in overseeing, I think are are kind of key to what ONA does. Mm -hmm. When we started this podcast, one of uh, one of the 
thoughts behind it was we wanted to bring these sort of digital journalism conversations to people who don't have access to it. And mm -hmm. I know ONA, one of the things, you know, that they've been doing over the years is they, you know, they're, they're encouraging local ONA members, local communities to not just wait around for the annual conference, but, you know, gather uh, where they're at and, you know, share ideas, share best practices and talk about the changes that are going on in your newsrooms and sharing strategies about how they could sort of move things forward. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I've always kind of liked about it. I belong to the DC meetup. I, I don't go mm -hmm. to that many meetings at the, <laughs> for the time being. But you know, you know, I actually spoke a couple of months ago. Um, we were at uh, the National Press Club for our live event, mm -hmm. which we did through the the ONA uh, DC local meetup. So there's things like that. There are events mm -hmm. uh, where they bring you know there are people coming from out of town. There are sort of experts in different types of fields. So how did you get involved in OA, ONA? Yeah, that's a great question. I was one of those J school students who didn't kind of realize partway through journalism school that I didn't really see myself in a reporter job. And at the time, there wasn't really that I was aware of a path for doing community engagement or audience engagement in journalism. It was, you know, you're going to graduate, you're going to get a reporting job. I graduated college in 2008. And that was a really rough time to be moving into any industry. But I kind of ended up finding over the course of several years a, a little bit of a niche for myself, honestly, kind of by accident, I think, in community engagement as it relates to journalism. And it actually kind of started with I started helping moderate the comments when I worked at National Geographic, just as sort of a side project. And I loved it. I just thought there's so much potential in the ways that we as an organization could bring people into our mission and I felt like somebody needed to be focusing on that full time. And I had some really great mentors that helped me kind of design a position. And so I do really well. I feel like I, I really feel like I'm having the most impact and like I'm at my best when I'm in small groups and one-to-one -one engagement. A lot of people are really great at like the one-to-many social media engagement type of stuff. I do much better in in-person, smaller groups, getting to know people by name, I think. And so when... I had been working in kind of community strategy and, and things like that for several years. And when I saw the position with ONA, I was vaguely aware of ONA as an organization. I had heard of the conference through a friend. I had never been. But I looked at the job description and I thought, it looks like I wrote this. This is such a cool program. It looks like they really get community building and, and they, they know what they're doing. And they're, you could tell just by hearing what they were talking about, that their community was at the center of everything that they did. And that was really evident to me from the first conversations that I had with the organization. You know, why is it important then, do you think, for journalists to be, you know, looking at community engagement, looking at uh, speaking to their to their readers, to the, to the people they're serving? I think this is something that I see our community focusing on a lot. And it's you know, honestly, I, I think that this is just it's the expectation that our communities have from us. And it's the way that we I think that w within our community, I see a ton of people who are just really dedicated to journalism as a public service. Information needs meeting information needs for their communities and especially working with a lot of local journalists the way that I do. A lot of the people that I work with or that I meet are people who grew up in their communities, have been there for a long time they're citizens in their communities too. They're grocery shopping and sending their kids to schools and buying homes and things like that. And what happens in their community matters to them as well. And 
that is something that I, I think we're just starting to see the industry moving in this direction of journalism serving, well, maybe not moving in, but embracing this service of journalism. Maybe as, recognizing what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Recognizing that we have this this extremely important role in our communities to make sure that they're informed and that they're connected with each other. You know, I hear that a lot that, you know, the, there's this sort of old style of journalism where we're going to tell you what the news is. We're going to determine what's important. And I think it causes a lot of problems. It does a lot toward fostering support and credibility and trust in a news organization if you're actually listening instead of just talking at people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, finding ways to dialogue. The fact that you, you know, liked uh, moderating boards. A lot of people don't like moderating boards because mm-hmm. uh, it, <laughs> it can get it can get different. I was I was moderating Facebook comments this morning after the government shutdown. People aren't too happy. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it seems so simple and it seems like such a, I don't know, like an easy fix, but it can also be very kind of difficult to mm-hmm. do. I mean, to, to know how to to begin that dialogue. What what do you think are the best ways to, to do that? The way that I like thinking about it is this has always been in our toolkit as journalists. We We go out, we talk to people, we ask them what the story is, we ask them what they're thinking about and and what they what they're excited about and what they're scared about and things like that. Community engagement that's happening right now through digital tools is just maybe a different a different tactic for doing it or a different tool. But I think that there's a lot of innovation happening on and offline in the ways that we're engaging our communities and and this isn't I think a lot of people think of it as a new thing for the industry and it's really not. It's just a different expression of what we've always been doing in my mind. Who do you think's doing a good job at, at engaging their community? So there are a ton of people in the ONA community who are doing some really great engagement work. And one project that just, when you asked that question, it just popped into my mind. And I actually don't personally know the people who are doing it, but I grew up near Boston and the Boston Globe, the Spotlight team has just did this really wonderful series on examining race in Boston. And they started a Facebook group for people who want to have legitimate discussions about race, constructive discussions about race in Boston. And I joined it as an observer, as a, you know, a former resident of metropolitan Boston area. And I think that that looking at the role of storytelling and of the news organization writ large as a convener of conversation is a really fascinating approach. Yeah. And also the idea of service that, you know, we're not just like posting information, we're actually trying to recognize and help the community solve its problems right. by better informing them. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of the reasons that, that, that I wanted to have you come in was because that ONA has got a new initiative, which mm-hmm. you're sort of spearheading or overseeing, involving the local groups, which we were just talking about. Can you, you could sort of uh, talk about uh, that? Yeah, how that came about. So... We have, like I said earlier, a network of meetup groups all around the world, many of them here in the U.S., that are volunteer-run at the local level to bring together more regular conversations about, about digital journalism outside of the conference and things like that. And what's really special about them is that the people who, are, who we're working with to run them are, like I said, volunteers at the local level, and they really are in touch with what their community needs. So what types of issues are really important to them right now? What types of programming they might need? What types of discussions they might have? And it's different 
depending on it's not even just small market, large market different. It's different depending on what's there. It's different depending on the geographic area, the population there. It's every community is a little bit uh, unique in that sense. But what we started to see from a lot of the leaders as their programs got ramped up, as we grew the program over the last two years, we've added 22 new groups over the last two years. And we started getting requests from people. You know, we, we'd like to do a program on digital toolkit building. Do you know anybody who's really great at that? And at the same time, we were ramping up the the amount of programming that we were really hands-on supporting in communities. This is part of a grant that we've been working on with the Knight Foundation. And it was dedicated to strengthening the program, the programs that we had and bringing more educational opportunities to them and also expanding the program. So hence the 22 new groups over the last two years. That's part of that program as well. And so we had started kind of building this informal network of people who were going out and speaking to local groups who we'd meet in the communities and they'd have more to offer to the community. And so I kind of had this all in my head and I was starting to play matchmaker a little bit. And we started to think, what if we formalize that program a little bit? What if we could develop a curriculum that we could then send out to the local communities, we could make available to them after the program was over? What would that look like? And so we developed a, a speakers bureau program And it's five trainers who have developed digital journalism trainings specifically with the local communities in mind. And they're going out to deliver them in these different communities across the country. So we've got, I think, six events on the calendar right now as of mid-January. They're going to continue through June, and it'll be 25 events in total. So what type of skills um, are they going to be doing trainings in? There's a bunch of different sessions that they've prepared including um, everything from, you know, data journalism, newsletter design, assessing new tools as they come out and figuring out how and if you should incorporate them in your storytelling, you know, more structural and strategic programming like that, tools for validating and verifying social media news as there's breaking news happening on social media. How do you tell what's maybe a hoax or misinformation or, or validate things that you can then continue to report on? cross-platform storytelling. We've got a couple of, of sessions specifically for students about networking and resume development and things like that. Backpack journalism, you know, what are the tools that you can use to create something that's professional looking, but also pretty easy to pull together and quick that you can turn around quickly? It's really interesting. The What we found through the podcast and talking to people is A, there's all this technology that's that just keeps popping up and that people don't feel confident or are just confused about how to incorporate it into the work that they do, they're doing. Mm-hmm. Also, from a professional level, they, they want to sort of ramp up their skills so that they can be competitive and, and tell better, better types of stories. Opportunities like this are great because you don't have to go through a whole, you know, i got to go pay thousands of dollars to get a degree so that, that I can pick up the five skills that I really need. It might be better for me to just go to the, a couple of these types of meetups to address specific needs. So are the topics that you've uh, chosen, were they sort of based on feedback from uh, your your local groups? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there were things that we get asked for that we see groups exploring that I've heard from people when I I do a lot of going out to meet with these communities, especially when they're first starting up to help them get started and recruit leadership and things like that, figure out who we should be talking to on the ground. And these are all things that, I mean, I think like you said, there's there's so many skills to learn right now in journalism, right? This isn't an industry where you 
you start it, you learn the skill, and then you perfect it over the course of a career. It's it's constantly changing. And I think one of the things that I love about working with the ONA community is that that's exciting for the people that that are in our community. You know, this isn't our our executive director Irving Washington says. You know, that journalism isn't dead or dying at at ONA. It's the people in our community are excited about the potential for these new tools. You can tell that when you go to a local event. You know, there are people who they're coming out after a long day at work. Maybe, you know, they, they might have families at home and things like that that they're trying to get back to. And they're spending their free time putting together and attending and engaging in these these events to to figure out how they can use these tools to better serve their communities. And that's a really fun thing to be around. Yeah. I, when I was at uh, when I was at the ONA conference just this last summer, I participated in uh, on the last day they had uh, they invited people to come in and to provide feedback about the conference and how to make the conference mm-hmm. better. And one of the things that the group of us were there talking about was this idea of sort of continuity of training, of growth, of learning that, you know, everybody was sort of excited about coming to the annual conference, but not everybody can afford to come to the annual, annual conference. I mean, you know, the travel, especially coming to Washington, D.C., where you not only you're paying for the the airfare and the admission, but you know getting a hotel room. You know, that's that's a lot to ask for a lot of people who are maybe early in their career and don't have a lot of resources. And so, you know, somebody put out the question: Well, what you know, what can ONA do to sort of, you know, address this sort of gap? And and this seems to be. I'm not saying that this was this the planned answer to it, but it certainly fits in that slot. Is mm-hmm. here's a here's a way for us to bring a lot of the stuff that we sort of talk about that we present these annual conferences to other parts of the country. I think it's great. Yeah. The cost involved in going to a conference and the travel and things like that. But also if you work at a small organization, sometimes it's also the the time of sending somebody to a conference like that. And so we see this as a way to make these conversations and this training and education and, and sometimes just camaraderie, to be honest. I mean, sometimes I, I go to communities and they say, you know, I I really admire the work of this person over here at this other organization, and I've never gotten to meet her before. And this is a venue for those connections to happen in a way that doesn't feel like you're breaking bread with the competition and giving away trade secrets and all this, you know, very intense stuff. You know, this is everybody's going to sit around the table and tackle this issue that we're facing in our newsrooms or in our industry, or everybody's going to sit around and learn a new skill together. And it's very low threshold. Yeah. The, the meetups are, are great for a lot of different reasons. Uh, social. I mean, mm-hmm. you do get to hang out with people who have similar jobs and interests that you do. And, but there is op- opportunity to talk to other people about skills that you're looking for. Uh, and then of course, now we have this, this program that you're bringing where, where you actually can go in and, you know, target specific topics that people are saying that they that, that they want to you know want to get addressed to, to learn more about but that being said i mean the local the local meetups are a great opportunity for a lot of different reasons you know we had ours it was around a, a live podcast recording but you know i've been to ones where, where they've had somebody from like you know the washington post or they've had somebody from new york times come in and do a presentation or a talk about a particular story that they were working on and that's great to go and hear and see you know about their experiencing doing the types of types of jobs that you would like to do and maybe even get an opportunity to talk to them and said, hey, I'd like to be in your position. I'd like to be able to, you know, cover politics or, or cover, you know, industry. I want that to be my beat. How, you know, what what's a path to do that? It, just this whole idea of getting together and sharing knowledge is just so great. And it, it's the 
you know, I think it's the, the bread and butter of what these these meetups are. So now that I've talked up how great these meetups are, how can people get involved in this? Well, so if you go to journalist.org slash local, there's a map of all the places where we have groups and you can find something near you. You can look at, you know, what events are coming up or what they've done in the past and get a sense for that. A lot of them use meetup.com to organize right now, um, or some some of them have Facebook groups and things like that, too. They have a couple of different ways of communicating, usually. You can figure out how to get in touch with them there. If there isn't a group near you... The, that was my next question. Okay. Is how, how can I yeah. start a group? Yeah. <laughs> Great question. So to, to start a group, what we really... You know, we can we can do a lot to help new groups from headquarters. We've got best practices. We've got a whole toolkit of ideas from people. We've got, you know, some funding from our from our work with Knight Foundation to help support, you know, buy pizza for the event. You'd be surprised how much pizza helps in terms of making people turn out for things. We can suggest speakers. I can sit with you and brainstorm over, you know, how often you should be meeting up and who are the people in your community you should be getting involved and things like that. But what we really need is people on the local level who know the communities. First of all, I'm not there. You know, I, I don't know all the people that we should be talking to. I don't know necessarily what the community is interested in. Even if I were to order pizza for the group, I don't know the good place to order pizza from. This is the stuff that we need locals to help with. So the first thing that we do is try to assess are there some people who would be interested in taking some kind of leadership role over this? It doesn't have to be the hands-on event planning type of stuff. It could even just be strategy or connecting people with resources and, and organizations and venues and things like that locally. Sometimes our leaders are people who are more advanced in their career and they found a community and a home in ONA and they want to help more people in their newsrooms and in their areas find that as well. And they're not necessarily the people who are handing out name tags at the door um, at every single event, but they are the people who are connecting them with with broader resources and they're really dedicated to giving back in that way. So whatever you can do to help, that's what we need from you is that dedication at the local level. And then we'll work with you from there. Yeah. Everybody should join ONA. It's a great organization. I know they also, if you're a student, they have student rates to, to, to join. Mm -hmm. Resources, opportunities to meet up. It, it's just a great organization. I, I've been a big fan of, fan and a member for, for a while. Thanks. Megan, thanks for coming to the podcast. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to It's All Journalism, a weekly podcast about the changing state of digital news. Find out more about us and download past episodes at itsalljournalism.com. You can also download our podcast on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Google Play. It takes a lot of people to put together an episode of It's All Journalism. Nicola Grisco produced this episode. Amber Healy wrote our web content. Nick Dupre wrote our theme music. And I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. Want to get the latest news about our podcast? Then sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itsalljournalism.com, follow the link at the top of the page, and subscribe. You'll get exclusive content, inside information about uh, upcoming episodes, and live events we've got in the works. Be sure to subscribe today. It's All Journalism is produced in partnership with the Association of Alternative News Media. Thanks for listening.
the Capital Culture Podcast with your hosts, Rachel Nania and Jason Fraley. We have a new podcast called Capital Culture. Each week, we go in-depth with chefs like Marcus Samuelson and writers like Bon Appetit's Adam Rappaport. We'll also talk plays with Kathleen Turner, movies with Emma Stone, and music with Smokey Robinson, not to mention some of your favorite WTOP voices. The Capital Culture Podcast. Find it on iTunes, the Podcast One app, podcastone.com, or at WTOP.com. Search Podcast DC. The What's Working in Washington podcast with your host, Jonathan Aberman. We share this region's innovative, entrepreneurial, and creative spirit. This podcast tells impressive stories of passion and spunk taking place here in the D.C. region. It illustrates how the nation's capital is anything but the stuffy, bureaucratic, politics-only reputation it tries to shed. The What's Working in Washington podcast. Find it on iTunes, the Podcast One app, podcastone.com, or at WTOP.com. Search Podcast D.C.